This morning, my message is inspired by one of my heroes of the faith, a great theologian as well, Dr. David Shibley. Uh, you have met, some of you have met him before. Uh, he's, he is a real hero of the faith. His organization that he founded, uh, gosh, many, many years ago called Global Advance. He's the founding member, but now he's turned the president over to his son and he continues to travel. And their dream was to train a million frontline leaders around the world uh, to expand the kingdom and fulfill the Great Commission. And we heard at his banquet Thursday night that they are now over 800,000 people around the world, leaders and pastors and church leaders around the world that they have trained, put tools in their hands and a vision in their heart to fulfill the Great Commission. So we were with them and we were greatly blessed. But on Friday morning, we met with the ambassadors, uh, what they call ambassadors who travel the world. And I do that from time to time. Uh, and uh, he shared a message that inspired this message. And I told his son, I said, I'm going to change it just enough where I don't have to give him all the credit. But I believe it's a word from God for us in this age we live in. So let's pray one more time together as you've turned to 2 Corinthians. Let's pray God would open our ears to hear what he has to say one more time. Father, we thank you for the ministry of your word. May it bring forth much fruit in our lives. And Lord, may your word, the seed that is sown, go deep in our hearts and Lord, and bring forth much fruit. And everybody said, amen. So today, what I want to talk to you about is what I'll call finding comfort in the face of crisis. Let me just kind of lay it out for you today. I don't know if you realize it or not, but our nation is in a state of crisis. There's a crisis going on politically. But I want you to know today the crisis is not just political, it is spiritual. There's a spiritual war going on. And that's why we've, uh, for the last seven or eight weeks, talked to you about awakening the warrior within, within you because it's a spiritual battle that we face. And so we live in times of trouble. We live in times of crisis. And and uh, when you look at 2 Corinthians, which is kind of our launching pad this morning, uh, you're going to discover some things. In fact, it would be uh, very cool if you this week read through 2 Corinthians from this angle, from this thought, that 2 Corinthians is a book that is about God's comfort in the face of crisis, God's comfort and peace and his presence and his power uh, in the face of troubled times, conflicting times. Uh, and so uh, I believe that God has us here at a place in this church and in our nation where we can, if you will, uh, not only find comfort for ourselves, but bring comfort to a world that so desperately needs Jesus Christ in their heart. Amen. So let me show you this thought today uh, that the, the book of Corinthians, really 2 Corinthians, is a letter about that exact thing, about the comfort of God. And I love how he begins in this beginning. So look with me. And, it, and my goodness, this would be a great couple of verses to memorize. I've kind of got it down. But 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse uh, 3 and 4 say this. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all what? Who comforts us in all our tribulation, 
that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. I'm telling you, there is a, that, those two verses are chock full of the revelation and insight and, and will of God for our life. I thank God. I bless God today, just like Paul did. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. How many of you appreciate a Father who has mercy? In our culture today, you may never have really experienced that. But hey, God is a God. He is a father of mercy. He has mercy on us. And I appreciate that. And, and he's the God of how much comfort? All comfort. I love that. Who comforts us in some of our trouble. No, in all of our trouble. Let me just stop and say today, in the, in the life you've lived, we're not any of us too old today, but in the short life we've all lived, have you gone through troubled times? Have you gone through heartache times? Have you gone through suffering times and afflictive times? That's what Paul was going through. And you and I can embrace the reality that he's the father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our trouble so that we may be able to take that comfort wherewith we've been comforted and help others who got have trouble too. Do you know anybody that has got trouble going on in their life? They got issues in their life. They have trials and tribulation. Hey, our nation, let me just tell you what our nation needs today. Our nation needs a voice of comfort and clarity. Our nation needs a voice of peace and, 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 and the presence of God. And so here we are in this time today, in this time of crisis. When you read through this book, especially in the first few chapters, you're going to hear phrases and words like this. We've already shared some. The crisis thoughts, tribulation, sufferings, Paul said, abound in us. I don't know if you've ever had to make that confession, but sufferings abound in us, Paul said. He said, we've been afflicted. There's trouble. The sentence of death in us. We've despaired. Paul said this, we've despaired even of life. Much affliction and anguish of heart. In fact, if you look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look over there. Let's, let me show you a couple of verses. We'll come back to them. I'm just laying it out for you this morning so you know, hey, we, we are living in a time when we need to see the manifestation of the God, Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, not only in our life, but in our nation. Paul said this, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We'll talk about that more in a moment that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Look in verse 8. We are hard-pressed. There are some more troubling, conflicting crisis times. We're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be made manifest in our body. So we see some things. We see two things going on. We see trouble. My friend, all a lot of people can see is the trouble. We see the conflict. We see the war. 
and it, and, and it just, it seems to pile up on us to the left and right. But what we need to see this morning, that today we serve the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Give somebody a fist bump and say, we better listen to this this morning now. Come on, blow it up. Come on, blow it up. Boom. Let's listen up. Let's, hey, this is important for us this morning. So we live in crisis times. But we serve the God of all comfort. And in the midst of chaos, in the midst of conflict, in the midst of crisis, most people look in all the wrong places to find comfort. In fact, some of it that you may have drank in the past is called Southern Comfort. Somebody really know what I'm talking about this morning. <laughs> but how many of you know that's the wrong place? We've looked in all the wrong places for comfort and, 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 and assistance and help. And we're looking who, who or what can comfort me. Understand something. You and I need to learn what Paul the Apostle learned early on in his life. That God is the source of all comfort. He's the God of all comfort. And he tapped into that resource in the midst of anguish of heart and much affliction and even despair of life. And the sentence of death and sufferings that abound. He got a hold of it. In fact, hey, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter chapter 2, verse 4. It's just all over the place. He says this in verse 14. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Man, there's a lot of places I'd like to go with that. How many of you know pressure and trouble sometimes uh, it really for the believer ought to press not uh, out of us trouble and fear and doubt, but press from us the fragrance and the character of Christ. How many of you know when you press on something, what's, what's inside usually comes out? And the pressures of this life ought to give opportunity. We should have opportunity as it evidently did in Paul for the manifestation of the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort to be made manifest not only to us, but through us to a world who desperately needs Christ. And everybody said, Amen. So I want to look at Paul the Apostle. I want to learn a few things today. What was what allowed him in the middle of the press, in the middle of the trouble and the trauma, uh, 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 to be able to lean in and hold on, if you will, to the God of the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Go back to verse five. He kind of hits it there. I saved it for this moment after he said, Well, the God of all comfort can comfort us in every trial and tribulation and then we'd be able to comfort those who are going through any trouble with the same comfort with which we've been comforted he said this in verse 5 catch this for as the sufferings of christ abound in us so our consolation that is the comfort also abounds through christ you see what's the passage of scripture uh, where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. So what the principle, the principle we see here is, even though you may have sufferings abounding in you, crisis moments, conflict moments, troubling times, as a believer, 
We have the capacity as that pressure and that trouble and that trauma comes upon us that the manifestation of God, of, of His comfort is made known to us through Christ and through us through Christ. Catch that principle this morning. Because Paul the Apostle had learned to embrace and embody. Everyone say embrace and embody. You see, there's some things you have to embrace that you that, that have to be embodied within you, become a part of you in order for when the pressure comes for it to be made manifest through you. Some people embrace and embody the spirit of worry and doubt. Some people have embraced and embodied fear in their life. Some people have embraced uh, so many negative things that when trouble and trauma comes, the God of mercies and uh, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort is not made manifest to us or through us. Paul the Apostle had that deep within him. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Look what he said. He said this. I read it to you a moment ago, but I want to come back to it. He said, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You see, if there's something on the inside of you that is a great value, that is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, regardless of being hard-pressed, you'll not be crushed. Regardless of being perplexed, you'll not be in despair. Regardless of being persecuted, you'll not be forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Why? Because you have learned to embrace and embody the character and the nature of Christ in your life. He said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Look what he goes on to say after he says, hard-pressed. He goes on to say, verse 11, For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus... Follow me now. What did I say? When you, pressure ought to produce something in us. That the we, ha, we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Are you with me? You see, if you take an orange and you squeeze it real good, eventually the flavor and the juices and, the, and all the good stuff on the inside come out. And that's what you and I need to embrace. If we're going to find comfort in the face of crisis, we've got to embrace the, 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 the presence and person of Jesus Christ in our life, that the life of Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Somebody smile now, look around and say, he's talking to you too, not just me. Amen. And when that happens, let me show you a key principle. You're still in chapter 4. When you begin to embrace and embody the faithfulness of God and God in your life, it will be begin to be made manifest. And let me show you one of the first places it's made manifest. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's just read from... A, let's, let's go ahead and uh, read verse 12 and 13 and on. It says, So then death is working in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore what? Speak. 
Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up. What's he, you remember he was talking about that, that we, we are always being delivered to death for Jesus sake. But he says, listen, we have faith in something bigger and grander and more true than our present circumstances. He says, we have a spirit of faith and we believe. Therefore, here's the evidence of, of having embraced the, the, the God of mercy, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And then began to embody him in your own life. The faith of God, regardless of the circumstance, has words of faith that are beginning to be spoken into the spiritual atmosphere. And Paul says this, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you for all things are for your sakes that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Look what he says in verse 16. Therefore, we don't lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. We'll look at that in a moment. But catch this thought. Paul, the apostle, under the pressure, he just learned to speak the right kind of things. Why? Because something on the inside was empowering him. What does the Bible say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth doth what? Speak. So let me show you this thought this morning. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. And you, I would encourage you to read the total context here at a later date and kind of maybe fit some more pieces into this puzzle or into this, this, uh, mosaic of confidence in the face of crisis, this mosaic of comfort in the face of conflict and crisis. Look what he says in verse 12. Therefore, since we have such hope, somebody say hope. How many of you know God's hope is not, I hope it works out. You know, God's hope is not rock, paper, scissors, is it? God's hope is a confident expectation of good for our future, which we'll read in a few moments. But hey, he says, since we have this hope, here's what's on the inside. How does it make manifest? Since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. In other words... Because of what's on the inside, it comes out of our mouth because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And one of the big secrets, you want to know a secret? Donnie, you want to know a secret? Here's a secret. What's in your heart comes out of your mouth. And when, when, when you have hope and confidence and the God of mercies and the the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, you have embraced Him in your life and you have embodied His life in, in you and even embraced the, the, the cross and said, hey, I'm, I'm dying to myself and I'm living for Him. When you do that, it will be made manifest not just in how you live, but how you talk. Because how you talk is a lot to do with how you live. And so this morning, I just want to give you some practical application now. In the midst of crisis, in the midst of, of, of conflict, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of tribulation, sufferings may be abounding, trouble. You may be at, even at a place of despair, even of life. And as Paul said, in much affliction of heart, just because you're going through that, it ought to press you towards the core of your being. And that is a faithful follower and a faithful servant of God. 
And so therefore, just as our predecessor Paul spoke the word of the Lord in the face of pressure and adversity. Let me give you some things that I see that Paul declared that you and I can begin to speak. Just as he said, we thus speak. We use great boldness of speech. Everyone say great boldness of speech. Oh, I'm tempted to go back in the gutter and uh, rehash some of the bold speeches I've seen on TV regarding uh, our new uh, appointed uh, court justice of the Supreme Court. But I will beg you that I will bear, I will, uh, what is it, bear you the details? I, I will what? Spare you. There you go. I will spare you the gory details. But there was some great ones, uh, and, and who, that were bold and declarative of, of, of thought and vision and dream. Paul spoke boldly the things of God. And we too, in the face of crisis, if we've embraced and embodied the faithfulness of God, we too, just like he said, I believed, therefore I spoke. Everyone say, I believed, therefore I spoke. Then Paul applied it because he was quoting scripture. He was fact quoting, uh, let's see, uh, oh, I think it was Psalm 116. He was quoting, but then he says, but let me apply it to you. I believe, everyone say, I believe, therefore I speak. Let me give you some things that we ought to speak boldly in the face of conflict and crisis that I believe as we do will cause the manifestation of the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, not only to be made manifest to us, but through us. Number one, in the face of crisis and conflict or chaos, we as his followers and his children should speak boldly of the purposes of God. And we see that throughout scripture. But let me just show you this. I've already said it. Let me throw this at you. The chapter one, verse four, in reference to the comfort of God, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now, let me just declare you, in the context of finding comfort in the face of conflict and chaos and 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 and, and, and crisis in your life, one of the greatest tools to find the comfort of God is to begin to speak the comfort of God. Because what you sow, you will reap. And here's Paul in the face of great adversity. Under the pressures of life, despairing even of life. And he said, listen, what I know to be true, the purpose of God in all of this, if you're looking at your circumstances, if you're looking at your situation going, why on earth am I going through this? Why is everybody always picking on me? One of the big reasons or maybe the primary reason is God is working something in you so it can be made manifest through you. And in this day we live in, we can be ambassadors. Listen, he said we're ambassadors of Christ in chapter 5. We can be ambassadors of the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And you can't find that in present day culture apart from the church. Words of true comfort. Amen. Inside of true comfort. Somebody say amen. 
And so we speak boldly the purposes of God. In fact, if you went on to chapter 5, you'd see that he said this, uh, verse 20 of chapter 5, Now then, everybody say now then. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. In other words, we have a high purpose. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What did he say? He said, I've got a purpose. Man, my purpose is to look at a world that needs Christ and declare to them the gospel of Jesus Christ, the purposes of God for their life. So we should speak boldly the purposes of God. When people are going through trouble and trauma, we need to declare the will of God. Somebody say the will of God. Well, I'm telling you, the will of God will get you on track towards the purpose of God for your life. You just embrace the purposes of God and we speak boldly. Number two, what I see Paul talking about for these people who are going through trouble, just as he was going through trouble, we as God's people, when we embrace the, the, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort and we, we allow him into our life and he is made manifest not only to us, but through us, we speak boldly of the delivering power of Almighty God. That in the midst of trouble, God's a God of deliverance. Look what he says. After he talked about the trouble and the trauma that we despaired even of life, he said this down in verse 9. He said, yet we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us. Here it is. Here it is. Catch this. This is past, present, and future. This is where all of us need to live and move and have our being when it comes to our present day circumstances. In fact, we'll read in a moment. He said, your afflictions, your trouble, it's just temporary. Tell somebody, give somebody another fist bump, say it's just temporary. Come on. Come on. Hang in there. It's just temporary. But look what he says. This is what, hey, this, hey, this is what we need to embrace when it comes to conflict and crisis and trouble and persecution and despair. He said, he delivered us from so great a death. And then he says, and he doth deliver us. In other words, he delivered us in the past and guess what he's doing right now? He's in the middle of delivering me. But look what he says for the future. He not only delivered me and is delivering me, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. That understanding and insight gets you right on through the the circumstance. When you know, hey, it's only temporary. I know we're going through trouble. Hey, in the world, you'll have tribulation. You'll have trouble, Jesus said. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I'll tell you the end of the story. You win. We win. It's all temporary. And so in the face of crisis, to find comfort, we don't find comfort. How many of you, it's hard to find comfort in pain? Oh, this painful circumstance just brings me so much comfort. Man, I'm so glad I got persecuted. I find such peace in that. Or even something else, somebody come along, you know, some of, I don't worry about it, everybody's going, you know, somebody try to help you, that don't help. But where does our help come? Our help comes from the Lord. And we have a confidence that, hey, what he did for me in the past, he's doing for me right now. And let me just stop and say, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what trouble you might be going through. Let me tell you about the good old U.S. of A. You want to, hey, we are going through some stuff right now. God delivered us in the past. He's delivering us right now. And I declare that he will take care of us in the future. He's a God of deliverance. It's only temporary. Amen. 
We need to speak that. In the middle of your, hey, in the middle of your issue, hey, I know, I trust God. He delivered me from this, that, and the other in the past. I know He's delivered me right now. Even though I don't see it, I know it. We're going to see a verse in just a few minutes that you're going to go, "Uh uh-huh, okay, I get it. So we need to speak boldly, not only the purposes of God, but the deliverance of God, both past, present, and future. Amen. Number three, in the face of crisis and conflict or chaos, because we have embraced the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, and we have embraced Him and embodied Him in our life and embraced the faithfulness of God in our life, we also should speak boldly of the promises of God. Look what he said in verse 20 of chapter 1. He said this, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him amen to the glory of God through us. I'm telling you, there's a lot of promises in God's Word. Look at, hey, verse 4. The God of comfort comforts us in all of our comfort. What a blessing. He comforts us. There's promises. 2.14. He always leads us to triumph and victory in Christ. And on and on and on and on it goes. But hey, let me just tell you. The, the promises of God, it says they're yes and amen. Someone said it like this. Let's break this verse down. God gives the promise. Jesus said yes. And all we do is say amen. We agree with the promises of God. We don't get conflicted with the promises of God. We agree with the promises of God. Hey, let me try, try to break it down for you. You're having financial trouble and you're struggling with the, uh, the, with the promises of God concerning giving and receiving and being generous in your heart and, 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 and maybe tithing. You say, I don't know, man. This is, boy, this, I'm going through trouble. Hey, you trust the promises of God. God gave a promise. Jesus put his stamp of approval on it and said, yes, we just say amen. And we're just going to, we're just going to align ourselves with the conditions necessary for the promise of God. God said he'd bless us, but the blessing comes through giving. And so I'm going to be a giver and I'm going to trust God in the process. And hey, even if I'm going through despair, you know, a lot of people when they go through despair, you know what they want to do? They want everybody to go with them. You know, oh, you know, I don't know how old you are, but I remember, hee-haw, gloom, despair, and agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery, oh, some of you are married to this, I don't know, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Then on Sunday morning, you go, hallelujah. Like, really? We speak boldly the promises of God. We speak to the storm. The prophet, oh, is it Zach? Oh, gosh. I'm my Old Testament verse. I'm trying to reach up and grab something that it's probably not coming. But it says, we say to the mountain, be thou removed. We speak to the mountain, oh, Zerubbabel, before the mountain, the mountain shall become a plain. That's where I'm trying to find, but I'll, hey, I'll get it later. It just popped up there. But it's the power of the spoken word. 
we say to this mountain. We speak the promises of God. What's coming out of our mouths today? We speak boldly the promises of God. Another thing that I, I, this is a sermon all in itself, but hey, in the face of crisis and conflict and chaos, one of the biggest things that can happen is a poisoning of our heart with unforgiveness even towards God and others. And without going to, into details, the second chapter, he's talking about people who have offended us and issues and situations. Part of the conflict, part of the trouble, part of the issue is with other people. And here's what Paul says concerning that verse five and six and seven. He said, verse seven, so that on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him. Lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow, forgiving and comforting those and not holding a grudge. You want to, you want to know the quickest way into a spiral downhill spiral of, of, of pain and sorrow and desperation of heart. You get a burr under your saddle, a spirit of unforgiveness in your heart. And I'm telling you, it will take you down. It will take people around you down. It will take your prayer life down. It will take your church life down, it will take you down. And Paul the apostle said, let me just speak this. You guys understand something in these conflicting times, not only with the devil, but with other people, you forgive them and speak words of comfort to them. Are you with me? Be a forgiver. Number five, in the face of crisis and conflict and chaos, because we, as Paul Learn to embrace and embody the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. We should speak boldly of the good news or gospel of God. That's the purpose of God for our life as well. Look what he says in chapter 4, verse 1. I'm going to read through this slowly. This is an important part. Look what he says. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. You see, in the face of adversity, we receive mercy and don't lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. How does that happen? We, through the word of the Lord, not only to us, but through us, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel, that is the good news, is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age have blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. There is a lot there, but look in verse 5. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves as your bond servants, for Jesus' sake, we preach the gospel, the forgiveness of God, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ, that because of his life, we too have new life. Listen, this world in the middle of trouble and trauma, what they need is a savior. Are you with me? Say amen. What they need is cleansing and healing in their heart. They need the God of uh, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort to be made manifest to them. And that happens through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the declaration, the bold declaration of the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look in verse 6, he says, For it is the God, pardon me, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And then he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. In other words, it's on the inside. You see, when you press a believer, when the circumstances of life presses a believer, guess what ought to come out? Light and gospel and faith and confidence and deliverance. Are you with me? We speak it. In fact, he said in chapter 1, verse 12, he said this. He said, for our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. Then he goes on to talk about the gospel. He said, listen, uh, the gospel of God is what brings light to the darkness that is in this world. And number six, when we embrace the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort and began to allow Him to be embodied within, as Paul said, our mortal flesh, under the pressures of crisis and conflict, we speak boldly of the eternal plan of God. Now, this is where it gets good. How many of you want to get me get, get us to a place of real a high moment here? Here we go. We speak boldly of the eternal plan of God. Look in verse 16. I'm just going to read it for you. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Somebody say amen. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction... And listen, Paul went through some affliction. He called it light. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Now catch this. Is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Did you know the Bible teaches there is a crown for people who suffer for Christ in this life? And Paul said it's only temporary. You need to understand it's momentary. It's light compared to, to when you put the two together, when you put the glories of eternity here, compare them to this momentary light affliction. This is nothing compared to that. I'll go through this any day of the week so I can get to that. This is no big deal because this is where I'm headed. Amen. It's just a moment. For a moment, it's working for us. Now look at verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporary. But the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. We need to live with an eternal understanding that this life is only temporary. And Paul said it's momentary. It's just a little speck of time in the face of eternity. And we've got to live with eternity in mind. And Paul said, let me just tell you some things I know. Look in chapter 5, verse 1. Let me just tell you what I know. Because I've got the God of mercy, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort living on the inside. And he's made manifest in my death. He's His life is being made manifest through my mortal flesh. Here's what I know. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent that he's talking about his body is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This world is not my home. 
I'm just a passing through. Treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels, hey, what's the song say? Man, we got to live with an understanding of eternity. Whatever you're going through, whatever crisis, whatever conflict, whatever pain, whatever sorrow, Paul said, I I despaired even of life. Whatever you go through, this stands true. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our trouble. You just have to have him. You just got to have him on the inside. Embrace him and embody him. So when pressure comes, the light of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and the words of God began to flow from you. Are you with me? Let's stand up today. And as we close today, we're going to pray that the God of comfort in the Father of mercy would not just be made manifest to us but through us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, whether you're here or possibly watching live by way of Facebook or later in our archives, whatever it is that you're dealing with, I came to tell you according to the Word of God, it's only temporary. And in light of eternity, it's a momentary light affliction. That the God of comfort and the Father of mercies and the God of comfort will comfort you. You just have to allow Him in. So with every head bowed and every eye closed here today, if you're in the middle of some kind of conflict or crisis moment, and you need a manifestation of the God of comfort, the Father of mercies and the God of comfort, not only to you, but through you. Just wherever you are, lift your hands. So that's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I see those hands all over this room. God's going to show himself mighty in our midst today. I want us all to lift up our hands to God. Let's not lift one. Let's lift two together. Lord, today, as we come to this place, Lord, as we come to this moment, Lord, the world is in crisis. The world is in conflict. Lord, that means in many places, Lord, your people are in crisis or in conflict. And Lord, Paul walked through it. And Lord, without you, Lord, he would have despaired and, and, and even of life. But he said, hey, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. So, Lord, today, these that have lifted their hand, and now all of us, we lift together with them. And, Lord, as they lifted up Moses' hands in the battle, Lord, we lift up others' hands in the Spirit, and we thank you for the God of comfort, the Father of mercies. And I want everyone in this room begin to bless the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Just begin to thank Him. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, and you will comfort me in all of my trouble today. I thank you for it, and I declare it 
today. I declare your deliverance today. I declare that you have delivered me. You are delivering me and you will yet deliver me. I declare it today, Lord. I declare your good news, Lord, that all this is only temporary. And I thank you for an eternal perspective. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to begin to declare strength coming to each of you. Let's lift our hands to God, especially you who lifted up your hand. You're going through crisis moments, conflict. Lord, I speak the strength of God. And Lord, we stir up the Spirit of God in, their li- in our lives and in their hearts. We just declare strength in the middle of weakness. I want everyone in this room, especially you that lifted up your hands, say, uh, uh, I am strong in the Lord. Joel said, let the weak say, I am strong. I am strong in the Lord. I've got the strength of God upon me. I've got the comforter of God within me. I serve the God of all comfort, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And I thank you, Lord, for the manifestation of Christ not only to me, but through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, as a pastor, I've had the sad responsibility of walking people through great loss and sorrow of heart. But the reality is all of us have gone through loss and sorrowness of heart. But I, because of the comfort of God in my heart through my times of loss and brokenheartedness and despair, I'm able to boldly say to people, I've probably said it to you at some time. If you've ever, we've ever walked this road together, I've said this. I know today is a really bad day for you. I can't, I can't change it. But I also know that we serve the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And I know He will make Himself manifest in your midst. And I know, and, and let me just tell you, your tomorrow won't be as bad as today. If you'll keep trusting Him, if you'll keep leaning into Him, if you'll embrace Him and embody Him, and I'll, I promise you something, if you'll keep doing that, your, 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 your tomorrows, you'll find God's favor in your life again. And He'll turn your sorrow into joy. I know because that's what He did for me. Amen. God bless you today. Amen. Everybody say amen.